global stocks. Toby, thanks very much indeed. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Societe Generale India. It's, uh, sorry about that. It's 8.31. Uh, let me give you a quick update on the, uh, on the markets. Uh, down in Australia, the ASX 200 is uh, up about a third of a percent. Over in Japan, the Nikkei 225, uh, that's trading down about 0.4%. And looks like the Hang Seng is going to open um, around about... Uh, 30 or 40 points lower later on this morning. Bank check coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings in just one moment. The weather forecast, one or two light rain and mist patches in the morning and at night, hot and sunny peerage during the day. Maximum temperature, uh, that's going to be around 30 degrees. It's 25 degrees right now, 88% relative humidity. It's 8.31, uh, 8.32 over in the newsroom, Pierre Tremblay. President-elect Joe Biden has warned the United States is facing a dark winter and called for unity amid what he described as a national emergency. Speaking after a video conference with state governors, he said the distribution of a safe and free vaccine is one of the greatest challenges the U.S. has faced. We have to actually get vaccinations into the arms of 330 million Americans. That takes enormous resources, people, product. We discussed the difficulty of that task. It's going to take time. It's going to take coordination. It's going to take the federal government and state governments working hand in glove, working together. China has rebuked Britain, Australia, the U.S., New Zealand and Canada over criticism of Beijing's actions in Hong Kong. A foreign ministry statement expressed strong dissatisfaction and resolute opposition against those countries after they criticized new powers allowing the SAR government to dismiss four pan-democratic lawmakers. The group known as the Five Eyes had called for the pan-democrats to be reinstated. Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian used stark terms to warn the countries to stay out of China's affairs. The Chinese never make trouble and are never afraid of anything. No matter if they have five or ten eyes, if they dare to damage China's sovereignty, security and development, they should be careful or their eyes will be plucked out. Mike Pompeo has become the first U.S. Secretary of State to visit a Jewish settlement in the occupied West Bank. Mr. Pompeo toured a winery in a settlement close to Ramallah, which was named, which has named a wine in his honor. He then traveled to the Israeli-occupied Golan Heights for another unprecedented visit. I very much wanted to come here on this trip to tell the world uh, that we have it right. 
that we, the United States, has it right, and that Israel has it right, and that each nation has the right to defend itself and its own sovereignty, and that the United States of America and the Trump administration will continue to do all that we can to make sure that Israel has what it needs to do just that. Palestinian leaders have condemned Mr. Pompeo's actions, with the spokesman for President Mahmoud Abbas describing them as a blatant violation of international law. Negotiations on the future trading relationship between Britain and the European Union have been suspended after a member of the EU team tested positive for COVID-19. The British team is returning to London and the talks, which are at a critical juncture, will continue remotely until both sides deem it safe to reopen face-to-face negotiations. Here's the BBC's Nick Beek. Crucially, they'll remain in contact, we think, over Zoom as well. These negotiations will continue. And remember, so much of this process has taken place during the pandemic where they've had to deal with restrictions and not being able to be in the same room on quite a few occasions. But, you know, this couldn't have come, frankly, at a worse time. Next news at nine. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today, Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. We're talking today about judicial reform. In an online legal forum this week, the Deputy Director of the Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office, Jiang Xiaoming, called for a revamp in Hong Kong, saying even in Western countries, judicial systems have to catch up with the times and reform constantly, and added that any changes would not affect judicial independence. In recent weeks, pro-establishment figures and pro-Beijing media have repeatedly demanded reform as they accuse magistrates of being biased against the police and government and of handing down lenient sentences. And on Thursday, the High Court ruled that the existing mechanism to handle police complaints is in breach of the Bill of Rights on torture and cruel uh, treatment bringing further conflict between the judiciary and the administration. Ronnie Tong says any reform must come from within the legal sector. What does he mean? Jiang cited Henry Litton, who has said that the judiciary must regain Beijing's trust. Again, what does he mean? What should we do about judges who do not understand one country, two systems? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, Spare our voices. Two three three eight eight two six six is the number. Uh, let's have a couple of uh, emails um, to start off with before we uh, get to our guests. Um, Herman says, "I see the back chat will be talking about judicial reform. Does this mean for the next twenty to twenty-five minutes, RTHK will hopefully spare us having to endure some self-deluded, indulgent pandem rant about government tyranny, while failing to acknowledge the tyranny the rest of us were subject to by rioters, the pandemic?" encouraged by their failure to condemn the violence. If you do that more often, I might listen to RTHK more. By the way, even the CUHK students can use the word rioters, or use the rioter word, why can't the pandems? That comes from Herman. You're about to be sorely disappointed, Herman. I'm sorry about that. Uh, and uh, Alan says, back chat, there isn't any doubt what these mainland stooges mean by judicial reform. They want judges who will drop a hammer on any dissenters and give government and police a free pass for whatever laws they break. They want to choose the judges to hear security cases and shuffle off any who don't follow the party line. Are there any boxes unticked on the transformation of Hong Kong into a police state? Elections cancelled, protest outlawed, police act with impunity, press harassed, teachers fired. If you have Grenville Cross on to explain why all this is totally reasonable and moral, I hold you responsible for the apoplexy I will suffer. That comes uh, from Alan. 
Alan. Funny you should say that because we do have Grenville Cross in the moment. But before we get to Grenville Cross, also a uh, long email from uh, Bowen. Bowen, excuse me if uh, I edit it slightly so we can uh, don't delay getting on to our guests, but I'll try and ca- uh, capture the main points. Uh, Bowen says, normally one uses the word reform when one is talking about changing a system from a state of backwardness ma- ma- uh, or decay to an improved or superior condition. So it's possible to talk about reforming the executive branch and the composition of the legislative branch of our government. As for our judiciary, most informed and sensible people will agree that it has signally contributed to the city's success continuously for over a century. So using the word reform here requires much more detailed justification, which task is most probably insurmountable. In light of this, the first requirement for today's discussion is really to change the topic from judicial reform to restructuring or changing the modus operandi of the judiciary, and then ask if that's desirable. It's ironic that Mr Zheng Xiaoming's description of the basic law as living law is clearly traceable to Justice Holmes' version of living constitution in an American court case and Lord Sankey's living tree doctrine. Thus, the Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office direct, Deputy Director has, whether or he knows it or not, clearly defied Mr Henry Lytton's strongly worded advice a short while ago that Hong Kong should not borrow or apply foreign juristic ideas and values. As only one of a number of competing principles of constitutional interpretation, the concept of a living constitution um, has its own constraints. So it does not justify the interpretation of a constitutional document in any way the interpreting body favours, for example, merely for reasons of political expediency. As for changing the modus operandi of our courts, the question of whether it is possible, without destroying the common law tradition in Hong Kong itself, to force its law courts to collaborate with other branches of government to achieve political imperatives set by a totalitarian regime should also be explored honestly at the outset. Many fundamental common law concepts, such as those concerning natural justice, due process, rules of admissibility and evidence, and statutory interpretation, are incompatible with the mainland's dogma that the law is just a vehicle to facilitate the achievement of political goals of the ruling political party. The current clamorous demands that our courts are here to facilitate the severe punishment of as many as of those charged in recent protests as possible, whatever the credibility or strength of the evidence, is a case in point. Hong Kong's judiciary, as it presently stands, is the last major pillar underpinning its distinct system and the most important key to the modernization of China's governance. Tempering with it amid an atmosphere generated by strident attacks against individual judges and parts of the judicial process itself will not only likely bring down our city and expose citizens to the turbulent style of mainland political strife, but also render any resolution of China's conflicts with the developed world monumentally less likely than it is now. Thank you very much, Bowen. Joining us for the discussion before nine o'clock, uh, we have uh, Grenville Cross, uh, former director of public prosecutions, and Michael Davis, uh, global fellow at the Woodrow Wilson International Centre in Washington, a former professor of law at the University of Hong Kong. Jerome Cohen, by the way, joining us uh, after the news at nine, we hope. Uh, Mr. Cross, good morning to you. Morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. You've written quite the complimentary words about the judiciary in, in Hong Kong. You said it's one of the finest in the Asia-Pacific region. It's scrupulously upheld the rights and freedoms of its people. Uh, now Jiang Xiaoming says it needs urgent reform. Um, are you going to change your tune? 
Well, I think the, the, the judiciary would probably uh, agree uh, that uh, it's important that there, there be a reform process. And indeed, I would go so far as to say that the present Chief Justice, Geoffrey Maher, uh, has been uh, a great reformer. I mean, his uh, record speaks for itself. I mean, for example, in 2013, uh, he introduced the Judicial Institute, which has uh, uh, done a great deal in improving judicial standards, uh, standards of judicial education, uh, ranging lectures, ranging uh, visits, even looking after such things as uh, judicial wellness. Uh, because there have been concerns about some judicial officers, uh, Chief Justice Maher in 2016, of course, introduced the Secretariat for Complaints Against Judicial Officers, uh, so there was a, a formal machinery in place where people did feel concerns about uh, particular judges or magistrates having misbehaved themselves. Uh, and indeed, in this year, he's taken the process even further uh, and reformed the way in which the judiciary handles these types of cases by promoting greater uh, transparency. But that, that, that's, not what Jung, that's not what Jung Shao Ming was talking about. He, he was quoting Henry Lytton, and Henry Lytton saying that the judiciary shows total insensitivity to the policy of one country, two systems. Uh, Behaviour by the judiciary is a public scandal, and they apply well, obscure that's... norms and values to overseas. I mean, uh, Jung Shao Ming specifically referred to the comments of Henry Lytton in terms well, of talking to the judiciary. Which parts he, he Okay, well, he, he referred to the same article that I, I've just quoted from. He, he may be, um, not use particular words, but that is what Henry Lytton said. Well, Henry Zhang Lytton being said a great deal, and Zhang Jiaming didn't indicate which particular parts <laughs> that uh, he, he, was, uh, he was endorsing. But if, if, as you say, there are concerns about particular uh, judges, magistrates, then if, you, if you'd allow me to finish, I would have made the point that in July, uh, Jeffrey Ma uh, took the decision that uh, in future, where there are complaints, uh, the complaints, uh, the, the nature of the complaints, the investigations into the complaints, and the results of those investigations would be posted online uh, in order to uh, ensure that people have confidence in the, in the mechanism. Uh, and then, of course, last, last month, uh, I think it was October the 8th, uh, he took it one step further uh, and said that uh, where there are cases about which the public feels concerned, uh, they will provide uh, summaries, whether district court cases or magistrates' court cases, so people can actually see what the case is all about. And the reason for that is clear is that all too often when people criticise judges and magistrates, they're relying on a bald report which has appeared in a newspaper, uh, and they're not possessed of all the facts. Uh, and uh, so this is an important uh, reform, I would have thought, uh, to, to which will so, help, so, uh, hopefully, so to those are, those are all concern. Those are all past reforms. What, what is well, John this was last month. This was last month. Yes, exactly. And, of course, and last month. So, another, so another what is reform which uh, a lot of people mm. are, are promoting these days mm. is what's called a sentencing council. Okay. Uh, this is uh, promoted, uh, as far as I can tell, by people who are unhappy with the uh, sentences imposed by particular magistrates. Uh, and they seem to take the view if there's a sentencing council, it will somehow result in far tougher penalties than aren't in, uh, being imposed uh, at the present. Uh, but this certainly doesn't follow at all. I mean, for example, in, uh, in England and Wales, where there is a sentencing council, uh, guidelines are formulated uh, on, in relation to some offences, not all offences, uh, and generally the courts are expected to follow those guidelines. Uh, but uh, they're not uh, mandatory, they're not straitjackets, and if a judge or magistrate feels that there are uh, strong reasons for departing from those guidelines, they are entitled to do so. Uh, and what these people don't uh, seem to appreciate as well is that we have a well-entrenched system of uh, sentencing guidelines here in Hong Kong. It, it virtually began in the 1970s, uh, during the days of Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, and the Court of Appeal over the years has issued guidelines in relation to all sorts of cases. Okay, so you, so you wouldn't have a sentencing council? You wouldn't? Well, I don't think it's necessary, okay. because, uh, so well, for two reasons. What, okay, again, all, what, what would you... What would you what, what, 
you know, Zhang oh. Xiaoming said there, there's going to be reforms. What sort of reforms well, do you, well, think do you disagree with Zhang Xiaoming? You think that the judiciary has done all well, it needs to already? I don't, know, I don't know which particular areas uh, Zhang Xiaoming is referring to. But I'm, what I'm saying is that one of the uh, areas which other people uh, often refer to is this area of sentencing, as though there was a grave problem and as though there was a great deficiency in our current okay. arrangement. Okay, but you, so you are... Because I take the view that the uh, sentencing guidelines, which are issued regularly by the Court of Appeal in relation to all sorts of topics, are, are working well, that magistrates and judges know that they are required to follow them. Uh, and uh, although they do have the leeway to depart from them, uh, if there is a good reason for doing so. And that's exactly the system that operates in England and Wales and other places which do have sentencing council. So, so we already have a similar arrangement in place. Uh, and so the idea that suddenly creating a new mechanism here would solve all the difficulties uh, is, 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 is unrealistic. So you and are, event, so you are, that, you are not able to identify... Point, if you are judges not, or magistrates mm, do actually make mistakes, yeah. we, have a, we have a very good system whereby they can be rectified uh, by a review of sentence to the Court of Appeal. Uh, sorry, it sounds like you're saying there's no need for reform. You can't point to anything, any area where there is a need for reform. Well, I mean, <laughs> the system is not perfect, and uh, the judiciary keeps its processes under, under constant review. Uh, but so far as I can tell, the mechanisms are already in place where there are problems for remedying them. So in that case, it's uh, surely unwise for senior Chinese government officials to come out and uh, cast aspersions on the Hong Kong judiciary. It's, it's well, undermining no, them a bit like... I don't think they're saying that. I don't think they're saying... from reform. Mm. They mustn't just stagnate. So, and uh, as I say, Chief Justice Ma has been at the forefront of reforming uh, the judiciary over the years, uh, and uh, I'm sure that will continue under his successor. All right. M Michael Davis, good morning to you, or good day to you. Thank, good, thanks, good thanks morning. for joining us. Yeah. Uh, when Jiang Xiaoming talks about uh, judicial reform, what do you think he's referring to? What areas do you think uh, should uh, judicial reform uh, affect in Hong Kong? What should it be? I think, you know, uh, what Mr. Cross has just said is that most of, of the reforms that you would expect, the word reform when it comes to judiciary usually involves some greater access to justice. So that kind of what reform would mean. It could be if costs are too high uh, for ordinary people to protect their rights in the courts, that there could be uh, tribunals or at a lower level that would be accessible with less attorney costs and so on. And then this oversight that he mentions is also the kinds of things that you would think of as reform. Now, if I'm trying to guess what he's thinking of reform, uh, my guess is the, the mainland officials aren't happy with the results in the cases they're looking at. We see a hint of this in the national security law where the judges on the special list uh, to hear these uh, national security cases uh, are, in effect, uh, subject to another article that says if they make statements that violate national security or act in a way against national security, they could be removed from the list. So all of us guessing what he means by reform, I suppose the guess is something that will tame the judges so that they're not uh, doing, uh, challenging the position that Beijing is taking. How, how would you, how, how do you tame the judges? How would you tame so, judges? Yes. How would you tame judges? Uh, what would I that look like? I suppose, they, uh, and I fear, they may introduce some kind of uh, ideas that judges can't exercise constitutional judicial review over over various things, laws that are passed. Uh, That's, that was one of Henry Litton's bugbears, isn't it? Yes, this is the kind of thing. Because when you look at it, uh, 
Beijing's presence, the way it's been approaching Hong Kong in, in recently, uh, has been first, well, long ago, the chief, the executive branch of government is largely under Beijing's control through, through the process by which chief executive is selected. And we've seen chief executives generally uh, are very c- compliant with Beijing. Uh, you know, I personally have worried over the years, that, not that they challenge Beijing, but that they find their voice and, and, and represent Hong Kong concerns a bit better. Uh, but they haven't, at least from my observation, done so very well. And the Legislative Council had elements in it in the minority that would raise issues that Hong Kong people were concerned about. But that's kind of been tamed now as well. And the guidelines that go along with the dismissal of the four seem to suggest that they got that under control. And then the last branch of government that seems to get in the way, uh, and even today with the judgment uh, at the high court, uh, get in the way, I guess it was yesterday for you, uh, gets in the way is, is the judiciary, and it seems that Beijing from time to time, for example, when the mask decision was uh, came down, they criticized the idea of courts exercising judicial review, even though, and they've done this a number of times over the years, exercising judicial review over legislation, and they've done it a number of times, but they, they never ever come out and, and block the courts from doing that. Uh, but there's been this constant drumbeat of concern. And then what this separation of powers debate that we've had, that Hong Kong not have separation of powers. Well, to me, the statement made by the chief executive of Hong Kong, and that was illogical, because she said each branch can make its own, uh, carry out its own uh, powers and so on, and that they exercise checks and balances on each other. Well, that is separation of powers. Yeah. Uh, in Hong Kong, the most important ingredient of separation of powers given the weakness of the Legislative Council uh, vis-a-vis the executive, has been the judiciary. So if Beijing wants to impose, and it talks about, he talked about even further quote-unquote reforms, and wants to impose its will on Hong Kong, it will be very mindful that the courts may stand in the way if they carry out their duties. And you look at Article 84 of the Basic Law, they are supposed to carry out not a, the, the common law principle not only as applied locally, but they can consult foreign judgment. So the, the, the practice they have of considering common law case law around the common law world is completely provided for in, in yeah. the basic law. Yeah. And, and so this is what I think is the target of this. Yeah. You mentioned yesterday's uh, High Court judgment. Of course, yesterday uh, the High Court delivering a judgment uh, saying that the uh, current system of reviewing complaints against the police is unconstitutional and also that... Uh, uh, the police's failure to um, uh, wear identifying uh, t- uh, signs uh, during last week is on protest was also um, a violation of basic rights. Uh, Grenville Cross, what's your reaction? You, you, we, we've discussed with you before the pl- issue of police identification on back check. What's your reaction to yesterday's court, um, judicial review judgment? Well, I was actually the uh, legal advisor to the uh, complaints against police office for about four or five years before uh, 1997. Uh, and I was always enormously impressed by the, the dedication uh, and the professionalism of the complaints against police office. It's certainly true that officers didn't like being sent there, uh, but uh, once they were there, they did uh, an exceptionally uh, good job, uh, even knowing, uh, of course, as the judge pointed out yesterday, that they would have to return uh, to the uh, general force uh, in due course. So uh, I, I, would, uh, I would think that perhaps the, the criticism has, has gone slightly too far.
So uh, now Justice uh, Justice Anderson Charles said that that system's unconstitutional. I, I imagine uh, Henry Lytton would have something to say about that. Um, would would you agree with that kind of criticism of this judgment? Well, as I say, I think it, uh, it goes too far because uh, you do think, I think it goes too far. I basically, so. based on my own experience, that the, the system works extremely well, uh, and uh, it, over the years, of course, the the system of oversight, which in the days of the old uh, unofficial members, of the executive and executive uh, legislative council, uh, was uh, was very light, uh, is now very close with uh, IP, uh, IPCC observers that actually sent in to watch the way in which uh, investigations uh, are conducted when necessary. So the, the, the system, in my own experience, worked extremely well, and there's now a very high degree of oversight, uh, and I would be very surprised if, therefore, there wasn't an appeal. Uh, Holden Chow offers perhaps a possible gloss on what Zhang Xiaoming was saying. He's, he says that uh, some judges do not have a proper understanding of our constitutional order under one country, two systems. That sort of problem should be addressed. Do you agree, Grenville Cross? And if so, how would you do that? Well, I mean, it may well be that this comes back to the Judicial Institute. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the precise terms of the uh, training agendas that they have, but certainly uh, if, if there is uh, perceived to be a real problem here, uh, then that's something which, uh, which the Judicial Institute could take on as part of its, uh, its training uh, program. Uh, but, uh, I mean, obviously we do have uh, judges who handle particular areas of the law. Uh, sometimes it's uh, family law, sometimes it's uh, criminal law, uh, sometimes it's national security law, whatever it may be. Uh, and if a greater focus was put on uh, particular judges handling constitutional cases, uh, then this may address some of the concerns. Professor Michael Davis referred to criticism from China, Henry Lytton also expressing that criticism, of the courts exercising the power of constitutional review and uh, striking down uh, uh, laws that are inconsistent with the basic law. Do, do you share the criticism of the uh, courts um, exercising that power? Well, I mean, <laughs> Absolutely provided, the, provided they can exercise these uh, powers in accordance with the, the basic law, then, then there shouldn't be a problem. I mean, uh, Professor Davis has already referred to Article 84, and Article 87, as you know, uh, confirms the, the fact that uh, in criminal and indeed civil cases, the principles that applied before 1997 uh, continue to apply after 1997. And provided they act within the, the terms of the basic law, then I, I, shouldn't, uh, I can't see it as a real problem. So you don't think, there's a, you think the court should continue to, uh, if they see unconstitutional legislation, they should strike it down, as they have been doing, and they were doing actually before 1997 in relation to the Bill of Rights? Well, the same procedures carry on, but obviously they have to have regard to the, the actual status of the legislation in, in, in question, uh, and whether it's uh, legislation which has been as swiftly endorsed by the, by the mainland authorities. You're someone who's often said these days to, to take a sort of a line in, in, in supporting the government and supporting China's views on some issues, but here you're, you're saying something rather different from what uh, chi uh, people in China say, or the Chinese officials are saying. Well, as I told you before, Danny, I'm a straight shooter. I, I'm an objective observer, and I say things as I see them. Uh, the judiciary, of course, is one of the great strengths of Hong Kong. Uh, as we're very fortunate that it does, does move with the times. We're very lucky that we have had a reforming chief justice in Jeffrey Ma. Uh, if there are any weaknesses, that it is fully capable uh, of rectifying them. And Certainly. as I say, I'm sure that will continue. Well, and, and, if you see, and if you see unfair criticism targeted at the judiciary, you will step up to defend them, no doubt, even if that means clashing with Jiang Well, I've often, I've often done that. I mean, uh, this is why I made the point, uh, for example, that uh, even though uh, the judiciary has faced a lot of criticism over the sentences which some magistrates have imposed, uh, the uh, judiciary of comprises 170 judges and magistrates, uh, and it's only a tiny handful of, of magistrates who've uh, attracted criticism. Uh, and even if they have blundered, there are mechanisms in place for those mistakes to be remedied already, uh, and that regularly happens. And reviews of sentence by the Secretary for 
succeed. So the system itself contains the mechanisms which are required to rectify mistakes uh, uh, and blunders which, uh, which, uh, which occur in the course of judicial proceedings. And people should therefore have confidence in the, the way the system operates. Uh, Professor Michael Davis? Well, I think what's really going on here is the whole uh, tradition of Hong Kong of protecting rights, uh, just as we saw in that case yesterday, uh, where they take rights very seriously, uh, is really being questioned when it results in protesters getting off because the police don't bring enough evidence to the case or results in people getting off because the way the laws are being applied violates their freedom of expression and so on. I think there's a real gap in perception. And so when they say Hong Kong people have a, a, a misunderstanding or judges don't understand the one country, two systems model, then we're talking about really a battle, one country versus two systems. And, and I think under current development, it seems like one country is gobbling up two systems. And, and a lot of the things that Mr. Cross is talking about are really under stress right now. And, and judges who uh, exercise their authority in the way they're supposed to, to uphold rights as practice in the common law tradition, are, are under attack and criticism. And uh, I think that's what he's going after. And, and I don't know uh, where this is going to take us, but I think there's a lot of pressure on the judiciary right now. Okay, well, Michael Davis, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Global Fellow at the Woodrow Wilson International Center in Washington and a former professor of law at the University of Hong Kong. And uh, Granville Cross, thank you very much indeed for joining us, a former director of uh, public prosecutions. We're going to be joined, as I say, by uh, Jerome Cohen uh, uh, after the news at uh, 9 o'clock and also by Andrew Lang. And, of course, as ever, uh, we want to be joined by you. Call us, 233-88266 is the number, or you can email backchat at rthk.hk and we'll read out your messages, do our best. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page as well. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 and share your thoughts there. Uh, the weather now, just before the news at 9 o'clock. Uh, one or two light rain and mist patches this morning and at night hot with sunny periods during the day and temperatures up to about 30 degrees today. The outlook cloudier and windier tomorrow and the weather improving early to the middle of next week. 25 degrees now with a relative humidity of 85%. Causing death. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat this Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, judicial reforms following on from those comments. Uh, earlier this week from uh, Jiang Xiaoming, uh, who calling for judicial reform uh, in Hong Kong, saying that judicial systems have to catch up with the times uh, and uh, adding that any changes would not affect judicial uh, independence. What kind of uh, reform uh, does he have in mind? Uh, he cited uh, Henry Litton. Uh, what do we learn from that? Uh, your thoughts are very welcome. Give us a call, 233-88266 or email backchat at rthk.hk. We were talking to Grenville Cross and Professor Michael Davis in the first part of the program. We're joined now by Jerome Cohen, a law professor at New York University, faculty director of its US Asia Law Institute and adjunct senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. Also with us, Andrew Lung, former director general of social welfare in the Hong Kong government, uh, now an international and independent China strategist. Professor Cohen, uh, good morning or rather good evening. Uh, well, uh, welcome to Back Chat. Yes, glad yes. to hear from you. <coughs> 
Okay, we'll try to speak as loud as we can. Uh, you've been very critical of recent developments in Hong Kong. Um, what do you make of the uh, uh, Jiang Xiaoming, the Hong Kong Affairs Office's uh, director's uh, or deputy director's statement that uh, we we need to look at judicial reform in Hong Kong? You know, uh, it was a shocking statement for somebody who's not a legal authority to come before many legal experts in Hong Kong on the 30th anniversary of the Basic Law and call for judicial reform. But he doesn't make clear what has he got in mind. We've already had quite a few judicial reforms under the new national security law. Uh, but what further reform does he want? You're a great expert on the uh, mainland legal system. Do, 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 do you fear he might have um, in mind some elements of how the um, the mainland judicial system operates, where you have um, committees inside courts and even the Communist Party deciding some court judgments? You see, uh, the mainland legal system, including the prosecution for crimes of so-called national security, has now been brought to Hong Kong. And uh, including the mainland secret police apparatus and the ability to set up, as they have, a special police unit for prosecuting new offenses and a special unit within the uh, Department of Justice uh, Public Prosecution's Office. And you have special arrangements already uh, limiting judges can try cases, only special judges now approved by the authorities uh, can handle national security prosecutions, and there's just been a move by the Department of Justice to try to uh, cherry-pick which judges will handle even Hong Kong cases that are said also to involve national security. There's been an attack on those Hong Kong judges who have been presumptuous enough to find a not guilty verdict for failure of the prosecution to prove its place beyond a reasonable doubt. You've had judges condemned because they granted bail to people who were accused of crimes. Uh, all kinds of criticism have been made for a new committee to supervise the judiciary. What has Mr. John Shelley got in mind now? Does he want to bring the whole criminal justice system that's so blatantly unfair from the mainland, uh, where judges in the mainland are told what to do in sensitive cases, where the police are more important and powerful than even the prosecutors, not to mention the courts? Uh, what's John Shelley? About. You, you say the mainland legal system has been brought to Hong Kong, but we still have court judgments in Hong Kong that would be unimaginable on the mainland. And just yesterday, we, you're probably aware of, we have a judicial review that was found against the, the Hong Kong police, including over their, their handling of identification during the protest last year. So surely uh, the Hong Kong system is still very different from the mainland. consistent 
But again, the, I don't know what else does John Shelley have in mind? Uh, again, the judgment that was delivered yesterday on a, on a very sensitive matter, suggesting surely that the, court, the courts are not being reformed this way. The courts are still independent, and they're still willing to decide cases against the government. Andrew Lang, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it, it looks like uh, the judiciary is, is uh, next in line after the uh, education system in Hong Kong and the media and the legislature um, uh, for reform. What do you think that might consist of? What do you think Jiang Xiaoming has in mind? Well, I think, I, first of all, I'd like to put this in, in context. Um, and as you pointed out, uh, Hong Kong's uh, judiciary is still very, very different uh, from that on the mainland. Um, and then um, recent judgments suggest uh, that Hong Kong's um, um, uh, laws, the Hong Kong judicial system, uh, still uh, maintains a high degree of autonomy. Um, this is also underpinned uh, by the uh, recent United Nations uh, Human um, Freedom Index around the world, and Hong Kong features top of the list. Um, that's only about a, um, a, a couple of days ago. Uh, right after the enactment uh, of the national security law. So the uh, comparison uh, with the laws on, in China 
is really uh, barking up the wrong tree, uh, if I may say so. Um, I, I think that the first thing to remember uh, is, of course, that China wants Hong Kong to succeed, and there is no point in turning Hong Kong into another Shanghai. But on the other hand, uh, Beijing has been pushed into a corner, uh, and really has, uh, after the um, um, last year's uh, violent protest, where we see our weekends turned into nightmares, um, and then um, the, the symbols of Beijing's authority is defiled and ransacked. Um, and then I think Beijing is really um, fed up with uh, how the, the whole system is now uh, seen to work. So I don't Let's understand. Let's not forget that for 23 years, uh, Beijing has watched with uh, fold, um, folded arms. Uh, but now, uh, this reference to reform, I think that raises several very important um, uh, aspects. Um, less the, uh, the first thing is that uh, patriot, patriotism is highlighted. Now, um, of course, there's a, a, a Hong Kong is found to, to have lost the whole generation of young people. Now, you, you saw, um, was it yesterday, then the uh, graduation ceremony uh, of uh, one of the universities, the students were, you know, sort of uh, walking in, in open protest. Um, and then what happened uh, last year um, is, 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 is a demonstration, you know, how um, a lot of people in Hong Kong seized uh, the country. So it's just like um, one country, two system is unique in the world. Uh, and, and then um, the genie is put uh, carefully into a bottle. But then the bottle of trust has now been broken. Right, sorry, um, I don't understand. So, how, how, um, now, how are you going to square patriotism uh, with the rule of law? Now, let's not forget that even in the United States, um, judges do have political views, uh, and then different political parties would like to have their own judges in the Supreme Court. Uh, that's point number one. Point number two, um, I think that um, it, one country, two system is a, is a formula that both sides have learned to, uh, to live. Um, but then as circumstances change, the perceptions change. So um, I think that on the part of um, some people in Hong Kong, it is that one country, two system is, 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 is absolute. You know, two systems is, is really separated from the one country, and, and as, 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 as this is fixed, cast in stone. But on the other hand, um, with all the changes with the interaction with the mainland, what Beijing sees is that the formula is, is interactive. In other words, if there's more trust, there could be more leeway uh, for the two systems. But if, if trust is broken, then obviously the other side would act. So I think that this is uh, um, uh, to be understood. So that's why the, uh, the head of the Hong Kong Macau office refers to this as a living law. In other words, it's not cast in stone, and it depends on the relationship, the trust on both sides. But how do you get from there to, ju to judicial reform? Uh, you seem to be drawing a link between the protests and judicial reform. The judges weren't protesting last year. Far from it. The judges were actually targets of the protesters sometimes. So what, 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 why is there a link between the protests and uh, judicial reform? What well, is the connection? Well, absolute link, because, as I said, um, the way that Hong Kong's left... Um, 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 just to, to carry on as before, uh, it builds on trust, but the trust is severely broken. We seem to have a very short. That memory. wasn't broken by the judiciary, was it? As I said, no, again, the I judiciary mean, not involved in the, the protest way, at all, the and they were targeted the, in the protest. Okay, oh, the, the way that these cases are brought into the courts, um, that was even before the enactment of the national security law. You know, hundreds of um, people were arrested 
for open uh, violations of the law because uh, people throwing petrol bombs, uh, people were, were trying to um, uh, ransack their various public places. You know, you remember the MTR. I mean, these, these are uh, acts of Again, of, what of is the connection with the judiciary? But on the other hand, you look at the judgment in the courts. But it's the judgment in the courts. Now, I'm not saying that um, um, the, law, uh, the, 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 the judges are wrong, but in the eyes of Beijing, uh, they seem to be coloured. Uh, by their, um, if you like, sympathy or the support uh, of what's lying behind uh, all these acts of violence or, or even criminal activities. And that's worry. That's what worried Beijing. Um, I think that, uh, like it or not, the genie has been out of the bottle. Um, and, and it may not be a bad thing, because that, that is the lesson both sides uh, have, uh, are learning. Um, how to put the genie back into the bottle, how to build trust. Uh, but as far as the law, legal reform is concerned, I don't think that Beijing would like to impose um, um, uh, Beijing's laws on Hong Kong because, the, as I said, I mean, it was a completely destroy one country, two systems, okay? Uh, I, don't th- I don't think it, it, it works for Beijing. So, so, uh, so, so, what, hand, so what do they want? What, do, what does legal reform mean? What might Well, what I might think that, mean? first of all, I think that this is a question of um, the judges should have... Um, uh, to be chosen, uh, who are who can be trusted not to um, undermine um, Beijing's um, um, national security, for example, uh, or have a sense of uh, patriotism, patriotism. Now, how would you define patriotism? And I think that uh, Carrie Lam actually put um, the, um, uh, her finger on the on, on, on the spot by quoting Deng Xiaoping. Um, when he first um, dreamt up this formula of one country, two systems. And he defined, um, Mr. Deng defined um, patriotism uh, as, re- uh, as, amongst other things, respect for the one country. Respect, well, no matter what, how you view it, I mean, the country is governed by the Communist Party of China. And you've got to respect that. Because um, if we talk about legitimacy, there are countries in the world with lots of democracy, but not as well governed as some countries with much less democracy, but much better governed. Okay, and, and how would you tell? How do you tell, how do you tell um, if well, a judge... I mean, uh, as far as the judges are concerned, you can tell uh, by the way they pass the judgments. And by the, in fact, it's reflected in the special provision now Beijing has to put in international security law so, so, uh, by allowing um, um, uh, by even uh, creating a panel of judges sorry to summarize you're saying that if you don't that, that, that if the government doesn't like a judgment given by a judge they can they should sack, well, some sack of the, the judge yes they should they should kick the judge out yeah That's, did, sorry did you say they should kick the judge out if they don't if they don't like the judge well not necessarily but i don't think that the beijing would rock the boat that much but I think that it's, um, um, I think Beijing is taking a, 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 um, um, a, cons- a view that somehow um, the way that the, uh, some of the judges um, pass the judgments seems that to reflect um, a lack of understanding uh, of what country two systems are about, and particularly uh, the respect for the national security of the, all the red lines um, in, in Beijing. Um, and that requires um, a, a selection of judges. And apart from that... So it um, requires even, selection of judges. What do you mean? Because you, you've been talking about some fairly major changes in how judges are chosen in Hong Kong. You said that patriotism should be a requirement in terms of choosing judges. It's not a requirement at the moment. So judges are chosen, even in the basic law, they're chosen on their professional qualities well, by a committee that's largely judges and lawyers. Well, let, 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 let's not 
let's not forget that under the current basic law, uh, judges, together with uh, principal officials, uh, together with even members of the legislature, have to swear allegiance uh, to both, um, well, to, 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 to Hong Kong as a special administrative region of China. Uh, but you can't separate the special administrative region <laughs> with um, the sovereign. Um, and then the swearing allegiance is not just in, in words. Uh, it's got to be reflected in deeds. Um, and so um, I think that under the national security law, Beijing is trying to um, define carefully what that means. And as I said, Beijing is not pushed into this. I mean, you know, it's really uh, Beijing, as, as, as you, can, you, can, you can see the, 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 the words now coming out from this uh, law you know, conference recently held in Hong Kong that they openly admitted that Beijing is really pushed into a corner. Well, look at what happened last year. I mean, any country can tolerate that. The United States would tolerate the kind of ransacking on the, of the Congress chamber. Okay. Uh, okay. So, okay. Uh, I think that, that this, this is really, um, um, uh, both sides have got to relearn, you know, how to, to make it work. And I, don't, I think that Beijing wants to make it work, uh, but there, is, there are huge problems, uh, particularly as you, you know, pointed out in this, this discussion. Um, the judicial independence is really um, the cornerstone of one country, two systems. So I think that um, how to manage both the two systems and the one country requires a lot of deep thinking on both sides. Uh, Professor Cohen, do you agree uh, that uh, China wants Hong Kong to work and that um, no, the independent judiciary is a key part of that? Look, um, let me say several things. I mean, I haven't had a chance to speak much. I'd like an opportunity. Yes, please, uh, please go ahead. We seem to be smoking out what the next judicial reforms will be. They seem to be at least twofold. One is uh, appointments of new judges uh, should certainly reflect uh, their political view uh, being uh, highly preferential to the political views insisted on by Beijing. Second, even more sinister looks like uh, preparation for ouster of in, uh, unpatriotic judges. Uh, judges who may have been doing their job according to the uh, common law system, but now they're uh, charged with practicing obscure foreign values. And I think there will be a movement to get rid of some of these people. Uh, we know what China means by judicial reform because we have the experience and example of the People's Republic in China. When they took over the country after 1949, in the first few years in the 50s, they had something that was specifically called the judicial reform. And it was house cleaning. Wasn't it when they killed the judges? judges. They killed, they, wasn't that when they killed a lot of judges at that, at that stage? on the independent Hong Kong courts 
social reform. It reminds me, I think there was a musical comedy on Broadway decades ago. It was called You're Perfect, Now Change. And the question now is how to change. And I think we're beginning to see what they mean by judicial reform. And I think people in Hong Kong should be very alert to what's taking place under the guise of patriotism. Loving Hong Kong, it's assumed the only way you can love Hong Kong as a judge or a legislator or a public official is to heed the Communist Party. And you can read every day today. You don't have to go back to the 50s. In the mainland, law comes third or fourth. First comes judges and other officials have to heed the Communist Party. Uh, they have to be patriotic. They have to heed the people. And lastly, they should comply with the law. So this is what's taking place in Hong Kong. It's a transformation. The original handover has become a takeover. Okay, Mr. We're going to see a lot more of it. Mr. Lang, do you want to respond? Andrew Lang? Yeah. Do you want to respond? Do uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm still there. And um, yep, um, I think that uh, I totally agree with my colleague on the other side. Um, but of course, it is not a black and white picture. As I said, it's a moving, evolving uh, kind of scenario. And 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 the whole thing that runs through it is mutual trust. And there is no 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 question that the mutual trust has been completely broken because of what happened not only last year, but um, tracing it back all the, um, uh, the, the kind of Occupy Central movement in 2004. So, um, but anyway, uh, this also leads up, not only stopped at the, um, um, the protest last year, the violent um, and, and riotous protest last year, but there is an open plot um, sort of um, uh, openly uh, portrayed in leading uh, anti-Beijing newspapers, and in fact on a lot of papers uh, in Hong Kong, um, that um, because of this uh, massive movement, um, the pan-democrats want to capture that uh, and would like to seize power in the Legislative Council so that to grind the whole government to a halt and force the resignation of the chief executive so that they can um, force Beijing's hands uh, into giving them um, uh, the power without realizing that um, Beijing, of course, offered them the um, universal suffrage, even though that was not included in the joint declaration with Britain. But then, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Lang, but the implication of what you're saying... More, but it was rejected. I'm sorry. So you can see that yeah. there's a complete breakdown of trust that I mean, has led to this. Yeah, I mean, what you're suggesting is that, that Beijing has been goaded and is now lashing out. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Beijing, if, if anyone I mean, any, 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 any country, any sovereign uh, whose who's, um, uh, sense of national security and whose uh, trust in, this, in the system they have created has been completely um, um, sort of uh, uh, betrayed, uh, I think it's likely to do the same. I mean, yeah, I mean, who has caused all this? I mean, I, 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 I really, my memory is still very, very fresh as what happened last year. As I said, I mean, you know, so people ransacking uh, and even um, uh, uh, public f uh, facilities, you know, like the MTR and so on, and even roadblocks um, held in the, in the street in public lynching. I mean, how could you do the, some, something like that? And obviously, um, 
and, and, and the way that the judges are passing judgments, that seem, some of them seem to um, um, give rain uh, so to more of, of this happening. And, so and with this open plot... So Beijing is angry. I mean, you know, Beijing is very ang- angry. Okay. They admitted it. Yeah. So, should so those uh, Beijing is <laughs> Beijing is very angry, and it's punishing Hong Kong. And it's when well, you're at, when you're angry, Kong, of course, to, you lash out at the guilty the and the innocent alike. How are you going to reject the system? Mm. Because the system doesn't seem to work anymore mm. with a complete breakdown of trust. So you're going to reform the judiciary as part of it. So those judges that uh, you, you, you say the judges take it over of office... Uh... Well, I don't think that they'll be taken out of office immediately because, I mean, um, everything Beijing does is a, is a, is a kind of uh, longer view. Um, as um, my colleague pointed out on the other side, um, people retired, and then there's a weight of... Um, you, when you appoint the judges, you've got to pay more attention to this, as, in fact, um, future um, members of the Legislative Council, before they could be allowed to... Um, to, to be sworn in, you know, has got to, you know, fulfil some of these criteria. Mm. Okay, uh, a few uh, emails uh, from listeners, uh, so we can get them all in. Um, uh, this is from uh, Professor uh, Carol Peterson uh, from the University of Hawaii, formerly of Hong Kong. Uh, Professor Peterson says, uh, China promised in both the joint declaration and the basic law that Hong Kong will be vested with independent judicial power, including that of final adjudication, unquote. Thus, if any reforms are needed, that is a matter for the Hong Kong judiciary, not for the central government. Hong Kong has already suffered enormous damage to its reputation in the past year. If China wants Hong Kong to maintain its separate membership in the WTO, then it should not do anything to further undermine the international community's confidence in Hong Kong's separate common law legal system. Uh, uh, James says, we have a new Friday morning drinking game when we skull every time Andrew Lung says genie out of the bottle and other cliches. Uh, Alan says, your guest cited the Freedom Index as an endorsement of freedom in Hong Kong. That index is from the Cato Institute. The only freedom they are interested in is the freedom to make money. In the early stages of authoritarianism, this is untrammeled. Of course, as the control of the judiciary become more common, corruption inevitably ensues and businesses suffer due to arbitrary enforcement of law. That is uh, from uh, Alan. Uh, Bernadette says, please somebody find out where all the children, these government servants and legislative councillors are studying in China, question mark. Uh, Paul says, uh, Beijing started its policy and program to take comprehensive control in 2003 with the ramping up of grassroots resources. Next, C.Y. Lung started handing over the administration during his term as CE. The protests provoked by these thousand cuts and under the cover of COVID, the strategy of taking comprehensive control has been achieved. The failure of our local administration to defend Hong Kong's unique strengths and express the benefits for Hong Kong and the country as a whole has and continues to be a great disappointment. We now risk of overshooting of the comprehensive control strategy with radical cultural revolution style voices ramping up airtime and gaining traction that is not good for china and certainly not for hong kong uh, and uh, John says, who's this guest on your program? He's openly saying well, they need patriotic judges. Is he serious? We know how the ruling will go. End of Hong Kong with guests like this. That is uh, from John. Thank you very much indeed. One more. Uh, this is from Martin, who says, the whole show is just another RTHK charade, inviting overseas commentators who before supported and encouraged Hong Kong anti-government stroke anti-China protests, now criticising Hong Kong for implementing its NSL and its implications for the Hong Kong legal system 
time and that the central government has taken active steps in response to the foreign interference to stop Hong Kong being turned further into a base for subversion and separatism of the Chinese state. I wonder if your guests ever criticised their own country's legal systems and national security legislation. Democracies NSL are as draconian as it can get. There are too many cases to list on Backchat. There are no effective checks and balances once someone is charged under NSL in Australia, UK or USA. Special courts taking over in most cases and standard rights and privileges are suspended. That is from Martin. Thank you very much indeed to uh, Professor Jerome Cohen uh, from the New York University and uh, Andrew Lung, former Director General of Social Welfare in the government, uh, now an international and independent China strategist. Thank you very much indeed. And Danny, many thanks to you. Uh, here's the weather before we go. A couple of light rain patches uh, this morning and at night. Hot with sunny periods during the day with temperatures up to 30 degrees. 26 degrees, the latest relative humidity is at 83%. Employers should sign employment contracts with employees and explain the terms in detail. Employees should understand clearly the employment terms, including salary, benefits, working hours, and termination notice before signing their contract. Employees should keep a copy of their contract, and employers should not change the employment terms unilaterally. For inquiries, please call the Labor Department's hotline at 2717-1771. the news with Pierre Tremblay. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said a ballot audit confirms Joe Biden as the winner of the November 3rd presidential election in the U.S. state. The audit was launched after unofficial results showed Mr. Biden leading President Donald Trump by about 14,000 votes. Mr. Raffensperger said there was no doubt that the state would certify Mr. Biden's victory. The main health agency in the United States has appealed to Americans not to travel or mix households for next week's Thanksgiving holiday. Officials at the Centers for Disease Control say they were alarmed at how quickly intensive care beds were filling up with COVID patients. And the National Security Branch of the Police is looking into suspected violations of the national security law during a march at the Chinese University yesterday. Dozens of people wearing black graduation gowns and face masks marched to the university's mall, allegedly chanting pro-independence protest slogans and brandishing banners and flags. A police statement said they attached great importance to the case. Next news at 10. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the university. Set and costume designer. Great interpreter of Beethoven. Oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. 